Hey guys, welcome to the Delta Flyers, where Robert Duncan McNeil and myself are your co-host, where we review Voyager episodes. Thanks a lot for joining us once again, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. Good to have you here again. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we're so deep into this podcast. It's like, you know, we've passed our one-year mark. I can't believe it. I can't believe how many episodes <laughs> we've done. It's crazy. It's it crazy. has flown by. Um yeah. What's going on with your new move? You're in your new place now. What's been happening? What's yeah, the house is great. I was working today on getting an area leveled outside because, uh, you know, we're up in the mountains up in mm-hmm. Utah and you have to have a hot tub in the mountains. So the hot tub oh. is coming on Tuesday and uh, <laughs> I'm excited for that. So I got, I got everything prepped and ready and uh, counting the minutes till the hot tub arrives. Well, let me get this straight. Uh, let yes. me, let me, I want to be clear on this. Did you do the leveling? I did the leveling. Yes. Oh my gosh. We've got a spot outside for it. And I built a little frame out of uh, pressure treated lumber, got that already, leveled all that out, put in pebbles. And uh, yeah, it's all, it's fun. I love doing that stuff. I'm so impressed. You're a handyman. Look at that. You can I get love things being a- done. After this move, I realized that I all my tools, my power tools and my yeah. all my stuff was spread out in all these, like I had a toolbox, I had two toolboxes and I had these, you know, storage containers with stuff in it. I was just like, enough of this. So I went to Home Depot <laughs> and I got a big giant cabinet for tools. I've never had that in my life. So now I have a whole workshop it's organized it's wow. it's ready to go yeah i love well that if you recall when you were still in atlanta the atlanta yes. greater metropolitan area mm-hmm. um you were doing a lot of yard work so as well much. Yeah. yeah and i even said that and you said that you got a lot of um value out of that like you felt a lot of accomplishment and you enjoyed doing that kind of stuff and i, I said to you, you yeah, yeah i said robbie what this could be your other career if you ever felt like you didn't want to direct you could end up being a contractor or you could be a you know you could do some stuff it doesn't uh i think nick offerman from uh the office he Hmm. does woodworking he's written a book on it yeah he's like he builds furniture Mm -hmm. he he wrote a whole thing about you know the art of woodworking or something he's really into it so uh yeah, I could totally see doing something like that. Yeah, and Harrison Ford, who I almost killed, um, is also a really big woodworker. He he, That's I right. guess I've supported. Yeah, he supported himself by making cabinets. I think when he was starting out. Wow. Um, but then you can look at somebody like, um, you remember that song "Ice Ice Baby" yes. by Vanilla Ice? Like Vanilla yeah. Ice, all he does is is um, upscale remodels now. So he'll buy like a. a a mansion in disrepair basically and then remodel the whole thing and so he wow. is that's what he does he doesn't perform music anymore well maybe he does but the, his main job is as uh, a con- house renovator yeah yeah million oh, wow. million dollar or more house renovator guy when, so that's what he's doing back in the olden times when i did a movie called masters of the universe before mm-hmm. star trek voyager courtney cox was in that movie and we were really good friends and courtney even back then, she was not as successful as her friends days and all that, but she had bought a house just before that, fixed it up and sold it and then bought another house that she was right after Masters. Yeah. Little, you know, little ranch house, nothing special, but she loved doing those remodels and renovations. And I heard, we've sort of lost touch, but I heard even during the friends days that she would buy, she loved yeah. to flip houses. She loved to remodel 
renovate and then flip it out. I don't know if I would want to gamble with that as a business, but I enjoy it just as a as a hobby. I love fixing things up. Right. I had always heard stories about Courtney um, doing what she was doing, the whole remodeling, but I didn't know that that started from way back. Oh when. yeah, so way back. Already, yeah, but the minute she got on Friends, clearly then she had the capital to really, you know, dive yeah. into this, right? I mean, if you're getting paid a million dollars an episode, um, that's yeah. a lot of yeah. that's a lot of capital to work with, right? To remodel. I, I remember with Courtney Cox when we did Master of the Universe on a week, one weekend, I wanted to go out to Pomona to the fairgrounds because mm-hmm. they were having a car auction. And I was just curious. I was like, and I mentioned to Courtney, I said, Hey, I'm going to go out to the car auction. I'm just curious, you know, maybe there'll be something fun. I don't know. Probably I won't buy anything. I, I wasn't really planning on buying. I, I just was going for fun. She's like, Oh, that, you know, old, old vintage cars. That sounds like something fun that you could fix up. I mean, she's got this fix up obsession, I think. (laughs) And she went to the car auction with me and bought a car. She bought a, like a 1960 Mercedes Benz convertible or something that was was in fine shape. But, you know, I I remember her saying, oh, I just love this car. And if it just had a little bit of polish to it, you know, just cosmetics, you could fix this up. And yeah. So I, I, and I think she kept that Mercedes for quite a few years. <laughs> so impressive. Yeah. And you, you know, you've had a lot of experience in terms of um, the Venice property that you're in or the Marina yeah. Del Rey property that was completely remodeled. And then I oh, yeah. saw my place that was remodeled and my remodel extended to two and a half years. Oh my God. Because this subcontractor that I decided to hire, I told my regular, my general contractor, um, I don't like the guys that are doing the countertops. I'm going to save a buck or two and I'm going to find somebody. The workers broke my sink, which was then um, on back order for seven months, which was uh, everything got messed up because of this one decision can, I made. It can be a disaster. A dollar, you know, yeah. literally. So it's funny terrible. with all those. Um, like contractors, subcontractors, and the trades people that mm-hmm. do it. Like you really want people who it's hard to know if you're getting a trades person who knows what they're doing with the electrical yeah. or plumbing. Speaking yeah. of trades, isn't that in the title of our fair trade? It is. It is. Trades. It is very good. Look at that. Fair, we- fair trades people. We came full circle. Yeah. <laughs> also, one other thing I want to bring up um, is, do you remember the challenge I put out there? This is a while ago. I said, what if somebody could write um, the Thomas Eugene Paris song to the- uh, to Oh, yes. Of, to the Hamilton. Yes. Yeah. Uh, of Alexander uh, Hamilton, right? So that, and so that has happened. Um, a couple of our friends from the the Quack and Fries group that we're part of, uh, a couple of our friends who are big fans of Trek have put together the Thomas Eugene Paris song. And uh, wow. now wow. That we're talking about it here. I guess you haven't seen it or maybe you have seen it. No? Okay. I don't think so. Or okay. I, maybe I've heard about it, yeah, but I yeah. don't know that I've seen it. Yeah. Okay. So is it on YouTube or something? Well, no, it's been it's been uploaded to our hard drive. So it's going to be we're going to release it after this when this episode gets released, so people can see. Great. It. And uh, great. It's really wonderful. The lyrics are great, and it's all about Paris. So. And there's some creative fans out there, so I'm oh sure it's goodness. very interesting and really very fun. interesting. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, you have to check it out, everybody. Okay. I okay. Can't wait. I no. All right. So this this week's episode is fair trade. We we came to the title very organically. I'm so impressed with you, Robbie. <laughs> um, so uh, everyone who is a Patreon patron, please stay tuned for your um, your segment. What do we remember for everybody else? Please 
Stay tuned while Robbie and I go watch Fair Trade. Okay, Robbie and I are back from watching Fair Trade. Yes, we are. And it was trading a lot of fair things. <laughs> That's, that didn't really go anywhere, but... There was a lot of there was a lot of trading and a lot of wheeling and dealing going on in this uh, episode. That's for sure. Okay. Yes. Well, let's start off as we always do. Let us give our synopsis, our poetry synopsis. You'll start with your haiku, and I'll follow with the limerick. Okay. Here's a haiku for fair trade. Hmm. Neelix wants to help. Tricked into selling some drugs. Tom gives good advice. Bam! I thought you were going to say Tom gives good back rubs, but no. He does too. He does give good back rubs. <laughs> All right. Good job. Uh, short and to the point. I like it. Yes. I like it. Okay. Here we go. All for right. the limerick. Limerick time. Fair trade limerick. <clears throat> Neelix attempts to assist by Tuvok and Torres dismissed. Medical supplies trade by Wix. Add drug deal gone bad to the mix. Neelix must clean since Janeway's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> it's great Thanks. he does have to clean and she was pissed she was so mad she was really pissed that was crazy the teleplay is by andre bormanis our yes. science consultant my goodness i know how many teleplays did andre do i, I don't even remember i don't know him. how many but not uh, a lot not a lot yeah no yeah. he's our science and isn't he the science consultant on uh orville as well yes he is yeah the, the orville, orville yeah. yeah okay yeah um story by ronald wilkerson and jean-louis Matthias, matthias i think uh-huh. uh directed by a, a favored director a lot of people enjoyed this director when he yes. showed up uh, jesus salvador trevino jesus trevino yes. mm-hmm. jesus trevino was like a breath of fresh air he was such a zen calm very heartfelt he had passion but it wasn't like it was just focused and you trusted him and i thought he had a really good eye i think jesus came from uh, post-production. I think he was an editor. Okay. Uh, if I remember that sounds correctly. Right. That sounds but he right. was, uh, he was very, very kind and you just felt safe with him. You just felt yeah. like it was going to be a calm, safe. He was going to be responsible and, uh, and shoot a good show. Yeah. So, yeah. A wonderful energy about him. He really sets the tone when you're around him, you yeah. feel like, um, He's very open-minded, an open heart, an open mind, open to collaboration. Yeah. When you come to talk to him, you feel like he's actually listening to you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. He takes the time and he shuts out everything else and he just focuses on you and listens, yeah. listens to what you have to say. And if if it's something that is um, a bit of an emergency or something is that's going crazy, he was so even keel, you know? Yeah. And, and the only, yeah, and the only other person I could really say that I could... Um, uh, compare Jesus to in terms of his even killedness would be you when you direct. I mean, you're very oh, even keeled. So yeah. Thank you, buddy. So maybe you learned a little bit from Jesus. I'm you know? sure I did. Right? He was very generous with yeah. his thoughts and uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Have you seen him since uh, at no. all? Anywhere? Okay. No, not really. He, uh, Jesus lived down in Venice. He had lived there forever. Oh. And I remember <laughs> uh, right after Star Trek, a couple of years after Voyager finished, Jesus, I remember either hearing about him or maybe I did run into him Mm. and he had sold his place in Venice that he'd had for like 30 or 40 years. So Mm. he made a killing and he moved. I want to say he moved down to the desert. I feel like he moved down to like Palm Desert or 
La Quinta or something. I think he mm. was he retired. Yeah, really. But that's been a while. I'm just looking up Jesus right now. He's 75 years old right now. Yeah. Uh, film director, television director. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to show everybody a photo of Jesus. Mm. There he is. There he is. That's him with his signature glasses on right there. Yes, he's a very. It just uh, he's a he was a good guy. We, I th- I think everybody really liked him a lot. Yeah, I wanted him so, to adopt me basically, but that didn't happen. So, yeah. yeah. What What would you give? Let's start. Let's just cut to the chase. One to ten. What would you give this episode fair trade? I'm gonna say for storyline and character development, specifically Neelix's character development, I would give it a seven or eight because mm-hmm. of the character development. And mm-hmm. also because at the end, the scene with Janeway really yeah. kind of brought me to tears, um, which hasn't happened. Maybe maybe it's happened once, one other time in all the yeah. episodes we've reviewed up until this point, season three. Yeah. Um, it really, it, it moved me emotionally. So uh, seven yeah. or eight. Wow. I'm going to do a seven or eight is what I'm going to do. I, I'm, I struggle with this episode because there's a lot of things about it I love when I break it down into moments and parts. But yeah. as a whole, I would probably give this a six. Okay. As a whole. But there were some moments that were tens to me. Right. But that's what, it was a very inconsistent episode to me. In terms of the tone of how, of, or in terms of like when you're saying story, I felt story like the wise. story just didn't, it didn't compel me. Okay. Um, for some reason, and hmm. it felt it it felt very uh, uneven to me, but uh, but I did enjoy it. Ultimately, it was good, um, and like I said, there were some moments I agree with you. That last scene with the captain, I'd give that scene a ten. Right. Um, I I thought the scene when uh, Neelix came in to talk to Paris, I would give that scene a a ten. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a great scene. Yeah, but there were a lot of other moments where I was like. I don't know. I don't know. Let's <laughs> okay. go through it. Let's, let's go let's, through it. Let's, let's start through it. There, we're in the corridor, right? So that's the first scene. Neelix is chasing after Tuvok saying, yep. hey, remember we were supposed to meet at this time? And Tuvok's like, what? What's going on? And Neelix mm-hmm. is basically volunteering to learn ab- about the security department. Yeah, like all the wants, ins and outs of security. He wants to know everything, right? Wants to know everything. And maybe he could join the security team. Yeah. And and, yeah. and Tuvok says, well, I, yeah. you know, we yeah. don't give those those assignments out, you know. Um, easily and uh, so Neelix feels a little shut down I think mm-hmm. by Tuvok it seemed like in fact as the door is closing Tuvok's busy and he's hits the button and the and the turbo lift door is shutting and Neelix is still trying to talk and the door yeah. sort of shuts on him yeah and he's like oh, bummer he feels dismissed um, for sure yeah and then we go into engineering mm-hmm. Neelix walks into engineering we actually the first thing we see is we see the elevator coming down and Vorik uh, this is the first appearance of Ensign Vorik. The very first appearance of Ensign Vorik, mm-hmm. the Vulcan. Uh, he was played by Alexander Enberg, who had previously played a Vulcan Ensign Torek in Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? I did know that. And you did know that. Yeah, and also the other glaring fact that you've not said, I'm waiting for I was going to get to it, but yeah, keep- go ahead. I'll let you get well, to the other glaring fact is that he is the son of Jerry Taylor. <laughs> um, and here's another interesting tidbit about Vorek. So Vorek's coming down the elevator, which I always love those shots when we see the elevator working in engineering because it's a cool part of the set. Mm-hmm. We rarely used it. 
Um, Alex Enberg played Torek in TNG's episode, The Lower Decks, which oh, is wow. kind, of, kind of interesting title since there's a series now. Lower uh, Decks, yes. He played a Vulcan ensign in that, yeah. Tor- named Torek, and now he's playing Vorek. And Jerry Taylor had said that these two characters were twins, that they were brothers. Oh, I love it. They were twins. And that's, that was, uh, yeah. And, and I think that is the, uh, the legend and the mythology of these two characters, which would be interesting. I wish that they had done a uh, Nick Locarno and Tom Paris are twin brothers. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. that could have been an interesting, uh, mm-hmm. could have been interesting. Yeah, like Nick Locarno is such a rebel that he didn't even take the Paris last name. He took Locarno instead. Yeah, you know? exactly. The mother's exactly. The, his mother's name, right? A half brother of Paris. I think that would have been perfect. That was that's a very smart move. They should have did that. Anyway, so Vork comes down in the elevator, and then yeah. and then we see uh, Neelix coming in to talk to to try to talk to um, Bellana. And I love the staging that Bellana was like under the rail and up testing out, you know, readings yeah. on the engine. I'd never seen anyone really stage a scene that way. I thought mm-hmm. it was really interesting. Um, and then Neelix climbs under the rail and he's trying to get in there and asking uh, Balan if he can learn about engineering because yeah. Tuvok sort of shut him down. So now he's like, so we're setting up here that Neelix really wants to feel more a part of the team or that he's got some sort of insecurity. He's sort of desperate right. to like find a, a place that yes. fits him. Mm-hmm. which pays off in our it's it's really drives the whole episode these two you know these two scenes set that up mm-hmm. and then he gets a call Janeway says uh you know Neelix I need a report to the bridge so Neelix comes out on the bridge she says Neelix what is this in front of us we look up on the view screen there's a big cloud this this vast expanse of space uh-huh and she's like what Neelix do you know anything about this and you can see on Neelix's face he's like I, I couldn't quite read it actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whether he was keeping a secret or whether he didn't know. And, you know, but he seemed he, unsettled, is what he looked he, like. Yeah, he seemed right? unsettled. Yeah. And he says it's called the Necrit Expanse. Right. And it's a vast territory. Nobody knows much about it. Yes. And yeah, it's he seemed unsettled. It seemed like he had a secret. You know, Janeway says, well, can we take the ship around it? Tuvok says, no, it's far too big. We're going to have to go through it. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, we need, we might need some supplies. We need some parts and some things. And yeah. so is there anywhere around here, Neelix? And Neelix, again, is sort of evasive. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a there's a trading post. But she's like, well, where, what are the coordinates? Mm, I don't really remember. He's sort of evasive about it. And then uh, I think Chakotay comes up with the coordinates. Oh, it's right here. I got it. I see yeah. it right here. It's three light years away. And uh yeah. And so off they go to uh, to find this trading post. Now, I just want to rewind for a second. When I first yeah. heard what the ominous interstellar dust clouds uh, were, uh, I thought they said naked. The naked expanse. Mm-hmm. I had to rewind it just once. <laughs> and I said, did they say naked expanse? No. Like, no. The naked That expanse. would have been, everybody would have been happy about that. The naked expanse. Let's all go play in the naked expanse, y'all. What are the people that are called? Naturists? What are the people who... Naturists. Is that right? Those who live without clothes are naturists? Yes. Yes. The naturist expanse. The (laughs) (laughs) naturist. Okay. So um, now uh, heading towards the station, we have a very poor visual effects, old school uh, shot of us heading towards the station, which kind of pulled me out, to be honest. But 
Oh, mm. I want this to be remastered. I want all visual effects on Voyager to be remastered. That'd be so wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, so now we're on the bridge and we're being hailed by what sounds like, did you get Barat? Barat? Bar Barat. Barat. Not Barack as in Barack Obama, but Barat, no, Barat. Right? There's a T or a D at the end of that, right? Okay. Barat. Yeah. Yep. Barat. He's the manager of this trade station. Yep. And the minute we see him, my first thought was, okay, yep. Beauty and the Beast. Here Beauty and the Beast, is. right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you start singing? Such... Did you start singing the Broadway? Isn't there I literally Broadway started tune? doing show tunes. Yes. So what is the Beauty and the Beast song? How's the, how's the chorus for Beauty and the Beast go? The actual song. Tale as old as time. Da-da-da-da-da. Barely even friends. Then somebody bends. Beauty and the Beast. Something like that. That was what I was hoping you would do. And you yes, did. Thank yes, you yes, so yes. much, Robbie. You're welcome. See, I want to showcase Robbie's past. Uh, he did a lot of musical theater when he was younger. I did do a lot and, of musical theater. Um, mm -hmm. And so this is a chance for him to shine. And I wanted him to sing. And he sure enough, he sang it. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Check that off the list. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, Barack totally. looks like Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. and, um, and and even later on, he's on the, you know, I'm jumping ahead, but he's on our yeah. ship and he's standing right next to Janeway. And I was like, there's Beauty, beauty and, the and the Beast right there. There's Janeway <laughs> with a beauty ponytail thingy and the beast right next to her. And it looks, and he looks eight <laughs> feet tall. Yeah. And uh, it, it was I, just, yeah. I just wonder if that was the influence that uh, the makeup team had it's when they did the uh, makeup for this character, it has right? Got to um, be. the uh, the deal that she, he offers Janeway is not that good. It's basically no. any trade you make, I take twenty percent commission. It's like, wait a minute, you have nothing to do with the trade. You're just you just have the station. That's it. You're in control of the station. I guess that's. A big thing, but yeah. still, it's twenty. Well, it was not just twenty percent. It was also I'm going to monitor. I'll all, monitor you at all. Yeah, I'm all monitoring times. everything. Like mm -hmm. I, I am watching you. Big brother will be and watching. I'm taking your money. Mm -hmm. And do you accept those terms? Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll do some business. Right. Yeah, it was. He was pretty harsh, like the oh, beast. Yeah. That's he's right. like the beast. He was the beast. And, yeah. and the beast is kind of harsh in the beginning, right? Yes. Because he's not exactly. um, really that friendly. So now they're in Barat's, I call, what would you call that? A control room, uh, yeah. observation room, office, control room. Let's say control, control room. room. I like that. I think, Barat's yeah. control room where Janeway shows Barat her shopping list. She's mm -hmm. like, this mm -hmm. is what I need. I need Pergeum. I need this. I need that. And he's like, hmm, maybe I can hook you up with some sellers. Okay. We jump mm -hmm. to the trade station corridor and we see Chakotay and Paris, Paris for yes. the first time, right? They uh, they meet a merchant who tries to sell them Reludian crystals. Mm -hmm. Ingesting like, one will make days of tedious travel seem like moments of exquisite rapture. So basically narcotics. This is yes. what's being trying. This is what this guy is trying to sell uh, to Chakotay in Paris. Yeah. Yeah, he, well, at first we ask him, we say, oh, do you have any magnetic spindle bearings for our reaction oh, that's control right. assembly? That's right. And he's like, no, nope, don't have a, don't have the spindle bearings. Mm -hmm. But uh, he's like, he's like, uh, how long, how long is your, your journey? How you have a long voyage ahead? He asks. Mm -hmm. And I, I liked my delivery, Paris's delivery. He goes, uh, you could say that. <laughs> that that was a very made me laugh. I was it like, was funny, but it also sounded a little out of the. I could hear it was a vo. 
That was the only really? time that I could. Yeah, for me, it's the only time I've ever heard Paris's line sound kind of yo-ish. I'm like, oh, oh interesting. It's a little bit different than I didn't catch that, but maybe. Yeah. Mm. But I like the reading on it. Yep. Anyway, I say, yeah, you, yeah, you could say that. And then uh, he says, well, I've got these Reludian crystals, mm-hmm. you know, which is clearly a drug. Yeah, yeah. he's like, this will make time, you know fly by for you <laughs> and we're like no thanks no thanks yeah we pass on the drugs and then chicote and paris starts to walk away and i loved my classic tom paris line reading nice place same intonation as yes yeah. ma'am yes yeah. ma'am and nice place point, point that out there was yeah. a couple <laughs> classic tom paris lines in there so Neelix is uh, looking for maps at this point. Yeah. Um, he meets with a map dealer, which yeah. uh, the map dealer kind of says, don't you know about this area? The region is too unstable. There's no maps. There are yeah. no maps. Okay. Yeah. And at that, that point, they're interrupted by a lone Talaxian who Neelix knows very well. And now when I first heard Neelix say his name, it sounded like Wixapad. Like there's an iPad. Wixaban. Wixaban. Wixapat. Wixapat. I I heard a PAD at the end. Um, Uh But then he quickly says Wix. So obviously his nickname or the shortened version is just W-I-X. Yeah. Um, They go to the tavern. Uh, Wix says, come have have an ale with me. Great scene. Really nice scene. At first, Neelix is bragging about how important he is on the ship. That's correct. Saying, you know, he's got all these important jobs. And then Wix says something like, you know, you owe me. And so they sort of imply that there was something they were involved in mm-hmm. that Wix sort of took the fall for it. And Neelix got off, correct? You know, got got away with it, whatever it was. Yeah, the Ubians, um, the the deal with the Ubians. That that's the alien race that Wix got caught. Neelix got away, right? So he took he uh, he took the blame for that one. And that's really that's really the first time that we we get a glimpse of this secret past. Yeah, Neelix, you know, we know he's, he's been a traitor or a junk dealer, but we didn't know that he dealt with illegal contraband. So yeah, that's... he dealt with contraband and he's mm. and he's kind of a you can see he's kind of ashamed of it. Yeah. He feels like he owes Wixaban something for taking yeah. a fall. You yeah. get that 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 sense. Um, mm. He does sit, tell Wix that he needs a map mm-hmm. again. He says, I need a map to be useful because mm-hmm. he he says when Wixaban sort of brings up this past that their relationship, Neelix sort of admits that he may not be as needed or important on Voyager. Right. He right. sort of turns in the scene and says, you know what, I, I, I don't think I'm, I may not even be needed anymore mm-hmm. on this ship. Mm-hmm. And he needs to get a map of this place to be useful, yeah. you know? Um, so he sort of sets that up with Wix of like, that's important. So they have that. And now Wix knows that, that what Neelix is looking for which uh, sets us up for, for the next scene. We go to the kitchen, back to the mess hall. Mm-hmm. Neelix is kind of trudging around. We see Vorik again. We see, see Alex Enberg in there. And he says, hey, I've come to fix the replicator systems or something. You know, uh, you need... He was in there to adjust the control interface on the food replicators. On the food That's replicators, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because he was in there and I was like, why is... Why are we setting up this character we've never met before, Vorak? Now we've seen him in two scenes. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen him again. I know that in an upcoming episode, Vorak's going to be very important. And yeah. so I think that's why they started laying him in here in all mm-hmm. these random places. But anyway, Vorak's in there. Chakotay walks in with Wix into the mess hall, and Wix has found the spindle bearings. Yes. He found what, what Chakotay uh, was looking for. 
And then Neelix says to Vork, he says, hey, Vork, could you come back later and fix that? It's not that important. Mm -hmm. And he's doing that because um, he needs to talk to Wix privately. That's right. That's right. And he says, he says, hey, did you steal these? Like, because he knows about Wix's past. Mm -hmm. And uh, Wix is like, no, this was a fair trade. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm. I wouldn't do that board. to you. I would not do that to you. Yeah, I wouldn't set you up or steal something or put yeah. you in a complicated situation. So. Right. Uh, he also says he's got a plan. Wix says, I've got a very, you know, complicated plan to use this medicine, medical supplies to trade for what the captain wants. And I can get you your maps. Yeah. Medical supplies, pergeum, and a map. That's, yep. that's what's involved in this trade. And some, yep. and so, I think some type of monetary compensation too. Yeah. I think. And right? then he could also get the money to buy his ship back. Yeah. To get his which ship is, back. Yeah. Which they, they've been holding. Mm -hmm. And he, and he says, all of my plan will work and it's all above board, but you just can't tell anybody about the medical supplies because Barat's going to want his 20%. Correct. So, so he's Neelix asking, is like, keep quiet. Oh, you know, well, maybe, you know, I think Neelix is in this moral dilemma. Like um, I should help my friend Wicks get his ship back, Yeah. you know, and he, if he needs the money, if I keep this a secret, he'll get the money he needs and the captain will get what she wants and I'll get my map. Right. Seems like. Seems like a, a one little white lie of not telling anybody what they're doing yeah. is not a big deal and everybody yeah. wins. So Neelix yeah. agrees. Um, so they're in the shuttle interior and Wix basically tells Neelix that they need to beam to a very specific part of the trade station. That's it's, it's a remote part of the trade station. That's kind of away from, from most of the uh, hustle and bustle. So they end up being beamed to corridor 14 L and they're waiting around, and then that's when we see Sue talk. And as I'm watching this, and this is literally the very first time I've seen this episode, just you know, between you mm. and me and the rest of the world. Um, <laughs> I sat there and I said, "Is that the same alien? That's the same alien as earlier." That From was earlier, yeah. yeah. But then I thought maybe he's just the same species, and that this is just no. another alien, right? Maybe this species is known as the the narcotics dealing species right. or something. But then also, I'm looking at this alien, and I'm like, God, that face looks so familiar to me like does it did it give a little bit of familiar did you think of anything i didn't no okay. i didn't what did that alien look like to you kind of like a a lizard of some kind and he had the hood on that was very mysterious yeah. he to me it looked like a, a hound dog or something he kind of like had a yeah a drooping face but then i started going back and i was like wait a minute do you remember this guy oh yeah doesn't he kind of look like uh does look a little bit yeah, right yeah this is from uh what is it persistence of vision or whatever when uh -huh. we were having those hallucinations and this guy was the guy that was the reason yeah troublemaker uh, yeah the troublemaker all those troublemakers look alike they all have those kind of droopy faces so you know i i mm. thought it was the same alien but it's not it's a little mm -mm. bit different well i immediately when they beam down to this like sketchy part of the ship the trade mm. station and they've got the medical supplies. By the way, in the shuttle, when he comes back with the medical supplies, he says, um, we're going to get uh, 20 kilograms. And Neelix is like, wait a minute, only 20 kilograms? You told Ch Chakotay that you'd get 45. Mm. So already you're starting to go, wait uh -oh. a minute. This Wix guy is like, yeah. he's hustling. He's on a hustle right now. He's hustling for sure. Like he, it's, it's not a fair trade because he said one thing and it was supposed to be 45 kilograms of pregium and it's only gonna be 20 kilograms so so anyway you know things are sketchy they beam down yeah. to this this part of the ship and there's the lizard alien and Sutok. 
Yeah, we knew he was a drug dealer because he offered the drugs earlier. And right. for me, I mean, you know, by now I'm like, oh, these aren't medical supplies. These are drugs. Yeah. Let's talk um, about those drugs, too. They look yeah. like giant Tic Tac candy. Yeah, yeah. Just large. Li- and later we're, we, we're, we learned that they're referred to as tubes, right? Mm-hmm. But, they, but you hold them and they have this really weird blue glow that comes out. And that, I guess, you know, is how the individual gets their narcotic high from uh, that blue glow is what I'm I guessing. I guess so. Yeah. I, I don't know. But then Wix says, okay, as soon as we get payment, we will, you know, we'll make the trade and we'll be done. And um, Sutak says, yeah, okay, I got what you need. And he turns around and then pulls out a phaser and yep. shoots at Neelix. Shoots at but Neelix. Sutok, oh. But uh, Wix is already ready for it. Wix is already grabbing it like, in his inner pocket as yep. the other guys turned around. Sutok has turned away, right? And uh, by the way, what, what, what he's grabbing is a Starfleet phaser correct. that he took off the shuttle. Right. We forgot to mention that. Yes, we did. Uh, as they're leaving, he re- he, he's... he's you know, um, searching around the shuttle and all of a sudden pulls out a phaser and sticks in his pocket. And he looks like, why are you bringing that? And he goes, well, it's dangerous. You know, we should just have something just in case. Yeah. And of course it does turn out to be dangerous. Right. Uh, drug dealer tries to turn on them. Yeah. Uh, Wix has the Starfleet phaser mm-hmm. and there's a quick brief firefight and Wix shoots the drug dealer mm-hmm. and he's down. Yeah. Wick says, let's get out of here, get out of here. And they beam back to the shuttle. And But there uh, were, it, it's a little mess, little, mm, it's a little messy at this point, but did you see the other uh, henchmen? Aliens? Yeah, so, the, so yeah. there were other people that were with Sutok, the, the droopy dog face or lizard alien guy. And they're the ones that steal. They take the drugs. They take the narcotics, mm-hmm. right? Don't they take the, the, the container? I think so. Yeah, it's a bit of a chaos. When, yeah, it's when chaos it when that happens, right? Okay, then they beam back after they've lost the drugs. Basically, they've lost the drugs. Mm-hmm. They've shot the guy, and yeah. Uh, yeah, they have this firefight. Yeah, and they get back, and Neelix is pissed. Oh, he's so mad. And okay. Wix is like, "I'm going to tell Janeway." Wix says to Neelix in the shuttle, "He says, wait till they discover the whole truth about you." <laughs> and then uh, he asks uh, Neelix, so you would re- you would let Barat put me in cryostatic suspension, which mm-hmm. I'm only imagining how weird that must be or how, you know, not happy or not, you know, not a good thing to have done to you. Cryostatic yeah. suspension, whatever that means. Whatever that um, means sounds bad. Sound, doesn't sound good. Yeah. But, um, you know, Wix really throws this guilt trip about his entire year in the Ubian prison where he had to eat worms yeah. to stay alive and vermin are chewing on you all night long. Yep. And you get punished in ways that you can't even imagine. Neelix literally caves. He reluctantly agrees to say nothing and that the debt is now paid. He doesn't want to have anything to do with Wix from now on. We're done. All right. He just yep. cut ties with him at that point. Yep. Um, and then the next scene, we're in the conference room. Uh, Barat mm-hmm. is there. The station manager is now in the conference room of Voyager, mounting an investigation into a murder that has happened on the station. He, uh, from his initial investigation, he discovers that there are unidentifiable energy readings. He then does a spectral analysis, which then reveal mm-hmm. that these energy readings have a Federation phaser signature. Dun, dun, Duh. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that Tuvok's quarters that we see next? That uh, I think Neelix so. I think to? that's his desk in the yeah, his in, office in his area quarters. of his quarters. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I wrote Tuvok's office question mark quarters question mark. Uh, Tuvok asked Neelix whether uh, and and see this is where Tuvok pronounces it Wixabon. 
because before mm-hmm. I heard Wixipa- Wixipad, and then now it's Wixabon. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that, rhy- that rhymes with Cinnabon, right? Cinnabon buns. Mm-hmm. Um, and he asks if Wixabon has ever been involved in criminal activity, and Neelix denies it all. He says, nope, 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 nope. And mm-hmm. then he says, okay, well, I need you to attend the interrogation of your friend, of your acquaintance, Wix, because I mm-hmm. need you to provide insight into whether or not he's lying or, you know, give me some insight into this. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do, they go down to the tavern station. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tavern on the station is where they head to next and Tuvok, Neelix and Wix are there. Uh, Neelix basically, is, yeah. Yeah, uh, and Tuvok says to Wix like, where were you? This guy mm-hmm. was murdered, what were you doing? And Wix goes, oh, I was asleep. Yeah. And uh, Tuvok's like, was there anybody to back that up? And he goes, I sleep alone. Sadly, mm-hmm. I sleep alone. No. Perfect alibi right there. Yeah. Sleeps alone. So um, Tuvok says, that's it for now. I have more questions for you later. I'm mm-hmm. going to let you go. And Neelix tells Tuvok, I'm going to stay for a uh, glass of ale. A Tova mm-hmm. ale is what he said. So this is his excuse to basically confront Wix about everything mm-hmm. that's going on. And um, that's when we learned that Wix wasn't really working for himself. Wix was working for this group of people called the Kaladi Traders, who are very uh, cutthroat and just, you know, they're, they're well, not they're people drug that dealers. you they're, yeah. dr- they're, they're suppliers in the drug trade. Correct. Um, um, and they are not happy No, that they lost their drugs and didn't get their money, didn't get anything. Yeah. Um, and... So Wick says, you know what? They're really not happy and you don't want to mess with these guys. And they've agreed to let you live, Neelix, if we can get some warp plasma, some fresh warp plasma from Voyager. Just three grams. That's all we need. Three, ga- yeah. three grams of warp plasma by 0900 hours mm-hmm. in the morning. Yeah. And Neelix is not happy at all about this situation, but he does agree to help Wicks again. He keeps going another step further and another step further. Yeah. So this is the next scene where um, Paris is in this storage room looking for a box. Okay. He's looking for a box numbered. I didn't write it down, but whatever the number is. I did. You did? What's the box number? I did. It's L647X7. L647X7. Anyway, he's looking for a box and Neelix walks in and says, you know, why were you in prison? Basically. Yeah. What put you in prison? What put you in prison? And Paris sort of thinks about it for B. He sort of walks around. He says, you know, it's, it comes down to one simple fact Mm -hmm. that I didn't tell the truth. Right. I made a mistake and then I lied about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that to me, it was, it was such a great scene because it's exactly what Neelix needed to hear. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And to elaborate what you said, when you, when Paris says he made a mistake, yeah. he then, he then valid, he doesn't, he doesn't validate it, but he then adds to it by saying, I made a mistake, which happens to everyone. That's you right. Know, which, ha- you know, which happens to people is what you said, but but what I got from that is it happens to everyone. Everyone yeah. makes a mistake. And if he had admitted that mistake, it would have been a lot better, but yeah. lying about it and his life was almost ruined. If it yeah. wasn't for Janeway plucking him out of that New Zealand penal colony, Tom Paris would have been just a sad sack for the rest of his uh, Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. <laughs> what, yeah. It's interesting because with Paris, you know, he says it comes down to one simple fact mm-hmm. that I didn't tell the truth, that I made a mistake and I lied about it. Right. But it's interesting because I always thought that Paris was in prison because he had betrayed Starfleet and gone and fought with a Maquis. So he was right. basically in prison for being a Maquis. Mm-hmm. So this one was a little confusing to me because I'm like, well, Paris's backstory is a little 
mysterious and you well, know lying about something sounds more like nick lacarno this is this is the nick lacarno story that's that he's referencing that's when i when you say that whole thing about the one mistake you made you know and not admitting but that's it what that i'm is saying is like nick lacarno and tom paris they mix them sometimes when it's convenient they write them like they're the same character and when it's they not do. they write them and so it's a little inconsistent to me this one sounded like it was kind of it was straying into Nick Locarno territory and not Tom Paris territory, which I thought was interesting, but it fit this story. It fit what Neelix needed to hear for sure. So if you were to do a hybrid of those two characters, a hybrid name, Nick Locarno and Tom Paris. So it would be Nom, Nom La Paris, or it would be Tick, uh, Tick Picarno. <laughs> Tick Picarno or oh, Nam La Paris. Those are your choices. The other thing I thought was interesting is that you find Paris in this storage room and he's looking for a box. And it appears like he's been looking for a while. Like it's hard to find this box. Mm -hmm. Then Neelix walks in, doesn't kind of chats, doesn't really pay attention. And then in two seconds goes, oh, Tom, here you go. Here's the box. <laughs> and I'm like, what an idiot Tom is. He's like, he's like looking at his pad and he's looking at every box. And then Neelix goes, Hey, it's right there. So it's like, mm, nice. Uh, I guess, nice. you know, he's going to take over your job as container. Yeah. Paris is no not very smart. He's cute. Tom Paris is cute, but he's not that smart. Uh, can't find a box with the numbers on it. Uh, anyway, so Neelix is like, thanks, uh, and starts to walk out, and Paris stops him and says, hey, Neelix, hold on a second. You know, uh, some of us, a few of us are going to the resort uh, in the holodeck tonight. We're going to do the resort program in the holodeck. Why don't you come along, hang out yeah. with us? Yeah. And Neelix is like, no, I think I'm just going to go to sleep for the night. Right. What he does. Liar. He Liar. Lied. But I thought that was a nice moment for Neelix. It was a nice moment for Tom mm -hmm. just to kind of share some vulnerability and some truth there. And then to, you know, Tom makes an effort. It, it was, it was a, a nice sign for me that Tom Paris is evolving as a character, that they're giving him these nice moments rather than the chip on the shoulder, womanizer, all the stuff that they just hit so hard in that first season or two. Uh, they give Paris these opportunities to really be, um, a likable, you know, um, good guy, which, yeah. which I think was always there underneath, but th he didn't have the chance to do it. It was nice that Tom invited Neelix to the yeah. Hollow program. That's a, that's a nice gesture for sure. But of course, Neelix can't accept because he has to go to sleep, but sleep really means going to engineering um, where we have Neelix and Vorik from some more Vorik time. More Vorik. We've yeah. never met Vorik. We've never seen him. No one's ever talked mm. about him. And yeah. all of a sudden he's in lots of scenes. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I do like to, I, I would like to say that Vorik's voice is the smoothest Vulcan voice you've ever heard. He's like a radio yeah. DJ. Alex Emberg's Vulcan voice is so, yeah. you know, uh, Coast 103, smooth hits kind of a. Yeah, he's the Tom Paris of Vulcans. He's the, <laughs> he's the, the Tom Paris. He, yeah, you're right. He's the, yes, ma'am, of Vulcans. Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay. Very good. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think that connection. Thank you for sharing that with me. So Neelix is there to say that he's going to log some time in, in the Jeffries tube. 
which is kind of yeah. an odd request. But yeah. you know, Bork has but, seen him around Torres saying, I can yeah. help, I can do this. So yeah. buys it. He buys it in a second. He doesn't say anything. He yeah. says, go ahead, go up there, right? And um, what a wonderful shot of Neelix climbing up the Jeffrey's tube. He opens yeah, up that one panel and now they shoot it. You know, Jesus decides to shoot it from the reverse angle. Yeah. Like, clearly moving the wall away. And you just see the remorse that is just coming across yeah. Neelix's face about- He can't do it. He can't extract the plasma. He can't. The other thing is he pronounced plasma plasma. Plasma. I noticed that too. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. It is, it is his uh, right to pronounce it however he wants, but it did sound, it did catch me for a second when I heard yeah. that. I'm like, whoa, 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 rewind. Right? Yeah. yeah. Neelix goes back to the station to meet Wicks and at the arranged time at nine o'clock where we're supposed to have this pl plasma. Um, <laughs> and Neelix says, I couldn't do it. I can't steal from my friends. Yeah. And just as they're about to get into this argument about it, they hear off camera, you know, you two, stop. Yeah. And you think, oh, oh, they're going to arrest Neelix and yes. Wicks. Like, oh, boy, they're going to oh, arrest boy. them. And then you see the the police guys or whatever run right by them. Mm -hmm. And they arrest Chakotay and Paris, oh, charging goodness. them with murder and dealing. Conspiring with, with known drug traffickers. And yes. So two charges. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we see that Janeway is furious about this. Uh, Barat shows them some video that, well, look, Chakotay and Paris were talking to this drug dealer who died later. So, and there was a phaser, a Starfleet phaser signature. So it's got to be them. Got to be. Yeah. And Janeway and uh, Tuvok both say, you know, this is circumstantial. This is not evidence. Mm -hmm. And she's furious. Yeah, and she uh, says, look, if you're going to interrogate my men, you're going to have my security officer present during all interrogations because she doesn't mm -hmm. want any mischief to go on, right? I mean, yep. no coerced confessions, none of that stuff. So, And then, of course, Barat tries to take control by saying, well, I'll take that under advisement. You know, whether or not mm -hmm. he'll allow that is, a, is another case. But we do know that somebody is going to serve 50 years, not one five, but five zero years of cryostatic suspension for this murder. Yep. Uh, and, you know, the minute he comes out with that, Janeway, Janeway plays hardball with him this whole time. She's just like, mm -mm. she gets in his face. She's like, I am not going to allow any of my crew members to serve time for a crime that they did not do. And so Neelix feels horrible about this. Mm -hmm. And Neelix says to Wix that he has a plan. Right. He's got a plan and yep. he's going to do it. And he doesn't care whether Wix helps or not. And he's kind of walks away and Wix says, okay, I'm not going to let you do this alone. Mm -hmm. Now we're in Barat's control room where Neelix mm -hmm. and Wix present their plan to set a trap for the Kaladi traders. Will this plan work? Will it not? So now we're in this remote station corridor where we see Neelix and Wix. They're waiting while Barat is observing on a security camera. And mm -hmm. at that moment, all of a sudden, security camera starts fritzing. And now you see nothing. You see zero image of Neelix and yeah, Wicks. Nobody's there. Yeah. And, and Barat says someone is tampering with this yeah. video feed. They're transmitting a false visual signal right now. Yeah, yeah. they're transmitting mm -hmm. a false visual signal. Something's mm -hmm. going on. We'll give it a few minutes. I think yeah. it says five minutes. Right. And, uh, and we're going in. Right. Um, and now we see we're, we're back with our main players and we're back in that remote part of the station. And now the Kaladi appear. We, he, we see three of them. We see Tozen, one of the mm -hmm. most powerful Kaladi, and two henchmen. Well, the minute I saw Tozen, I don't know what you thought, but I thought immediately the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> that, that face That's was funny. so creature. But the only difference is they threw a bunch of hair 
<laughs> they threw a bunch threw of like hair rock star hair on there. But, the but rest... also there was a lot of teeth. I felt like there were yeah, like a hundred little teeth. It was teeth. like piranha teeth inside of a uh, creature, from, creature the from the Black Lagoon, Lagoon. and then yeah. rock star hair on top of yeah. it, like 80s yeah. um, rocker hair. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that's uh, uh, that's Tozen. And yep. I, I really feel like the hair pulled me out. I felt like they didn't need that. Oh, that's you know what I'm saying? It's like, is it, if this is the most powerful Kaladi, make him menacing. And that goofy hair really pulled me out for a second. Interesting. Yes. Tozen then scans the sample and he realizes, goodness this gracious. Is, this is trash. This is contaminated. This yep. is not the right stuff. Yep. Uh, and then this is the Neelix heroic moment. This is the redemption moment from the episode False Prophets where he looked so unheroic. And now Neelix <laughs> looks heroic. He sits He's there very he, smart. He's got yeah. a plan. He's yeah. five steps ahead of, mm-hmm. of Tosin. He says, yeah. I unsealed the canister. It's been leaking plasma into this room. And Neelix says, "Any you try to shoot us, the whole place blows up. Right. You try to beam out of here, the whole place blows blow up. up there too, yeah. I've... I've leaked this uh, plasma into the room and you're stuck. <laughs> yeah. And, and he calls him a name too. Neilis says, you Aurelian lung maggot. So yes, you know, yes. nice names from Neilis. Nice names. Yeah. yeah. So Tosin is stuck. He's like, yeah. what do I do? Do I buy this? Is this a bluff? Right. He doesn't know. And Barat suddenly arrives trying to arrest them. Oh, but, but hey, you skipped over the fact that Tosin actually tries to call his bluff, right? He says like, okay, then I will kill you. And then Neelix ones ups it by saying i'm ready to you know basically he says i'm yeah. ready to die go I'm ahead ready to die yeah. you can you can kill me right. as long as i know that it gets rid of one i think this is where he calls him aurelian lung maggot right if it yeah. gets rid of one bad guy like you it's worth it go ahead shoot yeah. it. shoot what are you yeah. waiting for shoot shoot and now because they're playing this game of chicken and Neelix doesn't the flinch. Neelix yeah. doesn't flinch, but it does bring bring the time to bring uh, uh, Barat and his henchmen in to yeah. uh, sort of save the day in a way. But it's truly Neelix's game right here. You know, it's yep. all about the mind at that at this point. Can you psychologically defeat your opponent? And that's mm-hmm. what Neelix did. He won up yeah. to him in every. It was like a chess game. Like every move that Tozen um, uh, performed, Neelix had a better move. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Neelix was very smart, very, very heroic. Smart. Mm-hmm. When Barad arrives, um, they say freeze, but one of the drug dealers fires a weapon anyway. Yeah, like hello. <laughs> there is a plasma explosion in the room. Neelix is knocked unconscious, mm-hmm. and we don't know what's happened for a moment. Yeah. Next scene, we see he's in stickbay and yeah. he's alive. Yeah. And Tuvok says, you know, one of the criminals was killed. Uh, but these guys were taken into custody. They were arrested and Wicks even got his shuttle back and he's gone on his, his way. It seems like the plan worked and, and uh, everybody, everybody got what they wanted here. You know, mm-hmm. the good guys won. Yeah. Uh, and then Janeway arrives. <laughs> then Janeway walks in. <laughs> she's not happy. I no, she clears she the room, and I love how the doctor is still kind of hovering there. And Janeway just shoots him this look, like you got to get out. And yeah. the doctor doesn't say that. The doctor knows he's gone. He's like, yeah. nope, something's going down. <laughs> yeah. And she says, "How can I ever trust you again?" Oh yeah. And that's just oh, that's I devastating so for Neelix. Bad. I know for Neelix. Yeah, it's devastating for us as an audience to watch this, but it's also devastating for Neelix to have yeah. to go through this. That you yeah. know, 
you know, and let's face it, John Ethan Phillips has always played Neelix as if he's in love with Captain Janeway. Remember, we, we yeah. talked about that before. So yeah. really the person that you you have so much uh, affection for or, or respect for is, yeah. is disappointed by your actions and your behavior. Yeah. And it really is. It's being scolded by mom is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, how could you scolded do this? Scolded is, is a we'll family. Put it, putting it lightly. because Berated. She was, yeah, she I was, was, I've never, I've rarely seen Janeway as angry and as disappointed and as serious as she was in this scene. And Neelix tries to explain himself. He says, look, I, t I took one step and then that led to, you know, one lie that led to another lie and another one. And, uh, and yeah. she doesn't buy it. Yeah. And he even says to her, he yeah. says, you know, I feel like my usefulness here yeah. has ended. Yeah. And she asked him, you know, point blank. She says, Neelix, what was so important that you would throw away your principles? What? And that's when he says, yeah. A map, you know, a map. And yeah. I and, and then that reverse shot, the close-up on Neelix, it looks like she's laughing. I can't tell, but it looks like there's a little bit of like where she's like, mm -hmm. she's covering her mouth like, oh my God, you know. Um, well, I think she's just dumbfounded. Like yeah, a she's, map, that's, all of this for a map? Right. How does that make sense? And then he says, I wanted to help. Like I felt yeah. like my usefulness had ended here. That's right. And you didn't need me anymore. Right. She says there, there will be consequences. Yes. And he says, you know, I'll leave. I'll drop me off. I'll leave. Yeah. I'll get off the ship. You know, you don't need me anymore and you're mad at me. And, and she's like, no, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. You have obligations here. You're part of this family. You cannot walk away from responsibilities just because you made a mistake. You are part of a family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that we're all in this together. She yes. says, yes. Yeah. And the first, and she says earlier that the first duty of any Starfleet officer is the truth. And you violated that duty and there will be consequences. Mm -hmm. First duty. That's the name of the TNG episode <laughs> that Nick Lacarno did. Now look at that. Look at this. First duty of any officer. That's right. Mm. Uh, she says you're going to have to scrub, start by scrubbing the exhaust manifolds. That will yeah. be your assignment. Yeah. And did you see what time they had, he had to report for deuterium? No. What time? Oh, 0400. Ooh, which nice. is which is funny because that is Johnny Ethan Phillips' usual call time. Call time <laughs> is at right. four a.m. Four a.m. Right. So I sat there going, "Hmm, that's not much of a punishment because he's used to that call time." He's used to I four a.m. That's right. <laughs> I love that last scene because he looks so yeah. happy to be called a part of the family. He was ecstatic. and he, and to and to be useful. He's going to yeah. scrub some. He's got a job to do, and that's yeah. all he was looking for anyway. Right. I loved her look when he he took off. She had a look of that softened, you know, that it, as it hard did. as she was in that scene it at the end, she sort of, you know, you saw that she understood his emotional state and his right. and some of his reasoning, even though she she had to have this punishment and mm -hmm. there had to be consequences. But uh yeah. yeah, and and watching this scene, it really did it did bring some tears to my eyes and I got emotional watching this because you, you see the highs and lows of Neelix, uh, Neelix's yeah. journey in this episode. Yeah. And then at the end, he literally is, he's already resigned to the fact that he's going to be kicked off the ship. He thinks yeah. that this is it. And then when he realizes that Janeway considers him uh, a vital member of this crew and the, of this family, and yeah. just to see him go from the resignation to this almost ebullient, um, excitement this 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 yeah. uh what's the word i'm looking for but he's he's absolutely relief relief and joy, and joy. yeah this yeah. this this absolute joy that comes across yeah. his face was 
great. It was yeah. wonderful. I mean, it's well, yeah. all the nuances were there for me in that, in that scene. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, there was, like I said earlier on our scale of one to 10, like there were some moments like this that I thought were wonderful, that were really wonderful. Mm -hmm. What's your theme? My theme is tell the truth. Yeah. Just tell the truth. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the first duty. <laughs> yeah but that is the theme it's tell the truth because one lie one little innocent lie can lead to another and another and another and uh the lesson here is just be authentic tell the truth when he told the truth in the end mm -hmm. to janeway in that last scene even though she had to you know enforce the consequences you could see that it it was meaningful to her yeah. and she understood it. And if he had just started there instead of getting, you know, one lie to another lie to another lie, if he had just started there and said, I feel like my usefulness here had ended, has ended and I, I want something to do. Like if he'd just come clean and been yeah. authentic and truthful up front, yeah. instead of trying to make some deal for a map, then that's the, you know, I mean, I can relate to that. How often have I like thought, Oh, if I just get this thing or accomplish this or do this, then someone will be happy or someone will, you know, yeah, I'll be happy or whatever. And it's, it's yeah. usually not about that thing outside of me. It's about what's inside. So yeah, that was a, it was a great, great episode in that way for Neelix and the character work there. Yeah. Yeah. What's just, your theme? Well, just, I just want to say Neelix just needed to follow the example of Tick Picarno. <laughs> <laughs> do you like Tick Picarno better? I do. Or do you like, like Nom La Paris? I like Tick Picarno. Tick Picarno. Okay. If you listen to Tick Picarno, Neelix, if you listen to what Tick Picarno tells you, you won't go wrong because he's already right. experienced what it is to not tell the truth. So That's my theme right. is literally the importance of taking responsibility for a mistake. It's not easy at first, but the truth will always be the better option and the truth will set you free. Nice. Very well put. Thank you. Great. Okie dokie. Well, great. Well, that was a fun recap. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in for this particular episode of Fair Trade. Join us next week when Robbie and I will review the episode Alter Ego. For all of our mm -hmm. lovely Patreon patrons, thank you for your patronage. Please stay tuned for your bonus material, which will include none other than John Ethan Phillips as our special guest to answer a question or two about this episode, Fair Trade. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Mm -hmm.